welcome to Knock On Podcast, where we bring you archery information and education that you can trust. Knock On was created as a way to bring all archers together, regardless of the brand you choose or the style of archery you shoot. Knock On Podcasting will deliver professional insights to the latest gear, proper shooting technique, along with high-level equipment setup and tuning. <laughs> We're recording oh, already. Oh, you took the... Oh, fuck it. Let's just run it. Let's just go live. Ooh, welcome took- to the first episode of Knock on OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean I took it? I'm, I'm looking at this oh. uh, piece of wood you got in front of you. You took one of the boxes Absolutely. that we sent out. This is my official podcast, desk. Decktop. The We're Black at- Rifle Decktop. We're in Dudley's uh, Bo, do- Bo Dojo? Bo Dojo? <laughs> Bojo, I think. Bojo. And if yes. you're Ojo, listening Ojo. to Ojo. this, Dudley has an exorbitant amount of bows inside this small room in his house <laughs> Dude, with like this is seven thousand arrows. No, this is this is the next. This is like a couple of my favorites, or ones that have sentiment, and then the next ten days. So like, <laughs> this isn't. These are all builds you're about to do. Oh yeah, my my <laughs> collection. Yeah, is hundred. Like rows and rows. <laughs> so, yeah, you've been a part. But that's of cool. So much like I don't want to brag about that. I'm just saying it's some I keep for sentimental value. But yeah, this is just these are all these have names on them. These three over here are for some of my good buddies, and then the other one over there is for not a good buddy but a favor. <laughs> so, what's three that good we- friends and one bad one <laughs> what's that weird one that looks like it's from the future future oh that's that dude that's a that's a PSE target bow it has a shoot through riser so it's super torsional stable yeah you know by that bridge it prevents any type of torque but those are kind of a pain in the butt to load a broadhead through so that's why we don't hunt with those let me ask you a hypothetical question on this target bow <laughs> if just one in case was i don't know the answer to release their release <laughs> completely would it hypothetically pass through the the center of, well, of the bow and still be okay the real answer okay. is no because <laughs> what happens when one who would let go of the release hypothetically would, hypothetically uh to my left uh it would hit the cable slide first and then it would proceed to hit the arrow rest and then kind of do more of a knuckleball through that piece yeah. into the your sight which would then break i forgot and then the the, and then thing. the arrow would then Breaking the target. Yeah, hypothetically. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give a whole bunch of context as to what's going on right now. Um, Evan was supposed to come yes. and build his bow as well. Another one? Yeah. He was supposed sure, to come and watch. Sure, why not? <laughs> and That's why he didn't come. He's like, what bow am I getting? I, I go, uh, dude, you're filming for me and Logan. What are you talking about? And Evan bailed. Evan's yeah. in, uh, he went down to Daytona. To go do bass fishing things with Johnny Morris and then go to the Nasco, Daytona. Go fast. Yeah. Go fast. Turn left. <laughs> go fast. Just no. for a long time. Yeah. 500 miles or so, roughly around there. And, uh, you know, I think you missed out. That's fine. It's fine. It's totally <laughs> Definitely fine that you're out. not here. Our um, coffee wasn't as good, but, I mean, we can do without them. We had a French press and a pour over, but we didn't have, like, 30-minute a cup coffee. 
We, we didn't have a scale. That's what we missed. We didn't have a scale. <laughs> right now, he just dropped out of this podcast. Like, no scale, I'm done. <laughs> I do have a scale, but I was trying to... I figured you guys would roll into the Pelican case full of <laughs> full of uh, EH supplies. <laughs> yeah, just uh, just me in a range bag. <laughs> you guys brought 100% archery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I was getting at was the fact that Tier launched his release through his bow today. So Tier came aboard and uh, brought on a unique perspective to be able a to unique, come on this a unique trip. perspective of the uh of the juvenile amateur <laughs> you know they baby snakes are dangerous because they don't know how to control their venom <laughs> <laughs> you almost killed three of us yeah. with the release projectile you shouldn't have done that. that's what i'm gonna call you from now on just baby snake the baby snake <laughs> How hard do you think you'd have to hit an elk in the face with a knock to it <laughs> to actually stun him enough to like wrestle him down? Are we talking about like feet per second or like existential? Let's force? just say, yeah. let's say whatever poundage you're pulling has a very good possibility yeah. of it happening. Hey, man, I'm. I want to know the muzzle velocity of all the way that release going. <laughs> what is uh, 14,000 grains <laughs> 14, at 150 feet a second? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, quick shout out to the customer service at uh, at Black Gold for being really nice <laughs> about replacing that piece of my site. Just to be fair, um, everything was going really good, but you were a little bit unsure of like where to put your thumb, and I just wanted that shot to be so nice. So as you're at full drive, you go. You know, hey, just just give me your thumb. You know, let me just move it over there. And as soon as I started to move it, I seen your like eyeball say, "He has control. He has control <laughs> of my whole hand. I can relax it all now." <laughs> and before I could like suck air through my nostril, it was over. You, it's just, <laughs> John, you're such a sensei at this, and obviously I, I'm, not. I'm a trusting, uh, you know. Uh, disciple that I just I gave you you heard relax I gave you all of me you heard relax I was in a zen state (laughs) and and uh, yeah I I let you I let I let go yeah and you you have to I let go you truly let go just let it go you did you you have to open I thought you were going to give a shout out to the knock on customer service because dude that I mean that next release replacement was minutes it was it was. Shout out to uh, the knock-on tool drawer at John Dudley's barn, barn house. And roller slide and uh-huh. uh, I don't even know what else, but a plethora of items. Yeah, for a baby snake at archery, this has been a pretty cool experience. <laughs> yeah, if you've ever draw, or, uh, bought anything off knockon.com, um, fast-free drop shipping. Yeah. What is it? Knockonarchery.com, but yeah. Yeah, fast Fast free uh, drop shipping. <laughs> Courtesy of Tier Schmiak. Schmiak. At least you say my first name right. Evan likes to introduce me. He's known me for 20 years. He likes to introduce me to perfect strangers, important strangers, business meetings as Tire. And, and well, that's how he introduced you to me. Exactly. See? <laughs> and then it gets regurgitated later on throughout the meeting. And like Tire said to my right when he said this important thing, <laughs> and I just look over at Evan and he just. He sits back and he puts his well, fingers dude. together, Machiavelli, and he's like, just nods. Yeah, that's everything. I showed, I showed Sharon your name, and she goes, I don't think it's Tyre, it's Tyre. 
And I go, no, this isn't an English spelling. This is, <laughs> it's tear. Mm, no, it's tire and it should have an E on the end. <laughs> like, the, like the city in, I forget what the, where that is. Well, that, dude, that's how they spell tire in England. Oh, well, yeah. If you go to like, the tire like, shop, like the, it's T-Y-R-E. Like Hankook, Hankook <laughs> tires, Firestones, those Indeed. tires. Indeed. Yeah. Well, dudes, what do you think? I mean, this is, this, we didn't introduce this properly because I, I hit record because I thought you were getting ready to make a fool of yourself. Um, <laughs> Did I not do that? I thought I was for sure no. already on that track. No. I thought I was doing a good job there. But this is a <laughs> free range American slash knock on party cast. I'm going to make a prediction say it's episode 111. I don't know why. This will Sounds be episode good. 292 for Knock On. We named my bow. Totally guessed that. We went through this. Um, <laughs> I love that name. There's a it's po- a very long there, name. There's a possum in my bathroom right now, and we went down this weird rabbit hole of talking about... Uh, it's not a euphemism, by thing. the way. Nope, there's actually... And um, I don't know how we got on Matthew McConaughey <laughs> with the naming of this thing, but it's utterly perfect. That... What what does that have to do with the possum? I thought we were talking about the possum. I don't know. I just brought it up. Okay. There. Well, he's got I'm a possum. Right. We don't know the name of that. It's uh, it's Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Okay. Lord well, Jeffrey. Lord Jeffrey. Occidental <laughs> something. I forget. I told Heather it needed three names if it was going to be a royalty. Truthfully, there were multiple <laughs> names in consideration for this bow. But one of you them wanted being... to be very chillax, like go with the Zen mode. Exactly. And, and you got the squeaky chair. There's one Dude, chair. Sorry. There's one chair in this house that, that needs oil bad. But uh, I forgot what you said. You wanted something. What did you say? And I said, oh, that dude, we got to name it Matthew. Well, I originally came up with um, Be Cool, Honey Bunny. Be cool, Honey Bunny. <laughs> yeah. From Pulp Fiction. I am not naming a bow that ever. <laughs> yeah. I just had this idea you, in my head. It's like, how oh, I'm just going to talk to him. Like, be cool, Honey Bunny. Be cool. Like, be smooth about it. Be smooth. I mean, you're be a friend, cool. so I'm not going to make you feel horrible. But I'm definitely going to try to divert your attention to something that has somewhat of a relation. I go, well, the strings are blue. So that's kind of cool. Matthew McConaughey is cool. So I let you go with the all right, all right. All right, all right. <laughs> that's all an right. awesome bow. In parentheses. What do you think? Because, you, dude, you took part in that. You a good chunk, yeah. even, even though it took a lot longer than uh, we would have expected it to because I do not have even remotely close skills to you do, that you do on uh, doing some of these finer things. But it's a very intricate process. There's uh, a lot of studious nature to it. It reminds me of being in the military a lot because it's a whole bunch of knots. You got to just <laughs> learn how to tie a bunch of knots and stuff. And I thought that'd be Navy more so than Marines. Oh, I think they just called you knotheads. Anybody right? that's been infantry <laughs> knows how to do at least a few knots. <laughs> you have to tie down your, your gear. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Always. Yeah. yeah. And, um, shit, man, that was a, that was a ton of fun. All the little stuff that goes into that. It's, um, it's really cool because it's it reminds me of building your sniper rifle when you're going through sniper school. Did you get to build it, or did you just assemble it? Well, we didn't get to build it. Like we didn't get to put the barrel in it. 
we modified it so that it would fit ourselves uniquely well to be able to shoot it. So building, cheek pad and yeah, exactly. So we would take you know ISO pads. Is that what you called them, Tier? We called them puss pads, but yeah, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> you know, it sucks to sleep on rocks. So yes. we'll lay this quarter inch piece of pad on top of it, and then it'll be so much better. But we would take that, and then we would stretch duct tape yep. over top of it, really, really tight, and we would layer it over basically. Oh, dang. And build that cheek pad until it was utterly perfect yeah. for where your scope relief was uniquely correct yeah. to be where you were. It's a $7,000 optic with 25 cents of duct tape. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. But that that's sounds exactly perfect for and any And then weapon. some guys would like take uh, like a little BB or something and they would put it in the, the duct tape. Underneath the duct tape to give them like a... Yeah, just to give you your anchor point on your yeah. cheekbone. Which is your, that's so important for you when you're teaching, which is one of the thing, big takeaways from today is like your anchor point. I shoot you in the so face with a BB gun to show you your anchor point, which is very similar, right? It feels good. That's the best way to learn <laughs> when you're taking a shot to the face. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, I, um, the other method you did, I liked better where you just, uh, take a scoop of chocolate pudding. And if you do it wrong, you just throw it in somebody's face. Yeah. You learn really well. That's oh, why I was like, I was thinking. Or in their peep site. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or in their peep site. You know, we had this thing in the, in the Marine Corps. Um, I called for a cheer swap. It was called hazing. <laughs> you remember I, I hazing tier? Hazing? Did you ever get hazed? It's not, it wasn't hazing. No, it's, it's, that's an improper it's term. corrective training. Yeah, exactly. And it was, uh, you know, sometimes you had to just put your... You're swapping, uh, you're swapping squeaky out. So yeah. just stand up and keep talking. Fuck well, off, Mike. Well, well, you do that. I'll tell you a story of, of corrective we, training. Will you tell a hazing story? Yeah. Please? So <laughs> I... Um, training. I, I had a unique... Very unique initial job in, in the Army. I actually trained horses. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't my MOS. I, I was a tanker by MOS. I, I drove tanks. But when I got to Fort Hood, Texas, um, they were looking for people for this show unit, and I didn't really have any interest in going to Kuwait, which is where my tank unit was going, um, because I only joined for college money, not for patriotism. <laughs> Dang. And uh, so I went and tried it out for this thing. And uh, there was a lot of hazing out there, but I was a private, so I didn't know any better. I just thought that's how the Army worked. So um, I got it. I, I tried out. I made it into the unit. But um, the first sergeant one day uh, during our 30-day tryout, tryout period uh, told us that we should run through the farrier shop. We'd, we, uh, we had our own farrier shop out there. We shot our own horses. We made our own saddles, made our own boots. Did you say you shot your own horses? Shod. Oh. Shod. <laughs> shot. Shod. We shot our own horses. Yeah. This is a one-stop shot. Yeah. Just cheer putting a four, 45 coal like, in front yeah. of the horses. Like, well, ah! I've done that before, too, but that was Afghanistan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so, I mean, we knew it was a trap, but you're not going to say no to your first sergeant, especially when you're trying to get accepted into the unit. So... Running through the farrier shop, there's one guy in there, Sergeant Hyde. This guy was the meanest cuss. I thought he was the first person I'd met from Montana, and I thought everybody in Montana was like this guy, and I vowed never to go there. <laughs> <laughs> he was the meanest man I've ever met. <laughs> and uh, he, uh, you had to run through the shop and just, just yell at the top of your lungs, farriers or pussies, and you <laughs> run through, and of course there's a big metal, sheet metal sliding door at the end, and 
what, uh, you know, the first sergeant's like, hey, don't worry about it. He's got this Arkansas accent. Don't worry about it. There's only one of them down there. It's lunchtime. It'll be fine. Well, there's eight farriers in this platoon-sized unit. <laughs> it's, it's, it, only one guy was working in the shop. But the first sergeant was a, was a farrier. The, the uh, lead trainer was a farrier. The supply sergeant was a farrier for some reason. There was eight of them, eight of these senior dudes. So they're all waiting on the other side, and they slam that door shut, and you just, boom, run the door, and then it was just on. There was like seven dudes that were trying out and eight farriers. And, of course, we, we could not win because we're trying out. But I remember distinctly um, – one of them had a, a big flat bottom shovel that we used for mucking out stalls. And I, I was, somebody got whacked with that and I was trying to get that and throw it in a stall. And when I was throwing that into a stall, I got cattle prodded. This cattle prod came up like, ah, hot shot. Ah, I got hot shot. So I'm, yes. I'm probably one of the only people in the, in the military that's been hazed with a hot shot. I would say I doubt it. We're talking about doing this uh, a different series on Black Rifles YouTube uh, where we basically do the JRE tunes for yeah. different military stores. And I think that needs to be the first offering <laughs> is to your store story. <laughs> He said something about this morning, and I said, horse stories? No, horse. Horse stories. <laughs> I remember being in that conversation. That's right. So were you, um, did you have anything to do with that um, That mission that be ended up becoming the movie? The uh, the horse soldiers? Yeah. No, I was in. I was still in the Q course when that went down. Um, I, was, uh, I was in the 18 Delta course, which takes uh, just one day short of forever. To complete, um, so 2000 to like fall of 2000 to the spring of 2003, I was in I was in special forces school. So 9/11 happened while I was there. People that failed out of the medic course and went into another MOS went to war before I was actually done with with school, which was really frustrating. Yeah, I bet. But I did ride horses in Afghanistan. Dang. Yeah. Saddles or no saddles? Saddles. I uh, actually, so there's a, do you know what Buscashi is? I think it's uh, either that little biscuit they give you on United or. Cocky? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> or Japanese porn? Yeah. It's, it's actually both those things, but it has a different translation in Dari and Pashtu. If you've seen Rambo 2, <laughs> you, then you've seen Buskashi. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, uh, it's a national sport of Afghanistan. It's. Uh, <laughs> It is, uh, it's a really rough sport. It is, um, it is everybody for themselves on horseback. You're on like a football field sized dirt pitch. There's a circle in the middle and there's a headless either goat or calf. But that is what they feature in Rambo three, right? Three. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. I got my Rambos mixed up. That's okay. okay. And as yeah. a green beret, I apologize. That's that's a that's a big faux pas, <laughs> dude. I've got a Rambo arrow back there the, with the exploding tips. No, that black one actually. Oh, that's one from the set. Right oh there. no way! Yeah, grab it. It's right right by you. This was, guy? Yeah, because it was made to. Uh, it was actually made to like break down. It's a long road. <laughs> Just for for, for packability. <laughs> that's really cool. Yep, man. That's a, Who knew? Yeah. So fake. And then... Well, that then, actually then looks like a, then a lot like my arrow today. That's exactly <laughs> what it looked like. It looked just That's, like that. It was a Rambo arrow. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> yeah, and then the um, the exploding tip was when you bought like a Razorback 5. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, it had a plastic cover around it so you wouldn't cut your finger, and they just painted that silver. It was the plastic protective cover so you wouldn't. That it always looked like a plumb bob cl- for for piece? surveying. That's huh? that's what I thought it was. It looked like a plumb no, bob dude. for surveying. No. Yeah. Just like that. Just, just like that. Shot. We're yeah. in there. Yeah. Robin Hood. So you pick up this headless calf or goat that's been soaking in some kind of toughening like formaldehyde or something all week so it doesn't fall apart oh. when people are stomping on it. Mm-hmm. You got to pick it up without getting out of your saddle. Okay. So I'm trying to imagine the, the sure world in which they're just the sun. No idea. They're not the using formaldehyde. Like what are they soaking it in? I don't the know. The sun man. for half of a week, dude. It's not a chemical. That'd be a piece of leather by that point. It could be urine. That that probably work. Yeah, it's a it's a preservative. Probably, it's yeah. Sterile. <laughs> There's plenty of it. Uh, yeah, There's, I mean, most of the country is held together by by feces, so it's entirely possible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's actually Dinosaur a scientific dump. fact. Like there, there's so much E. coli in the air in, in Kabul because they, they burn, they burn shit for, for fuel. So it's Damn. entirely possible. Jesus. So you Where lean over and you pick this thing up and you throw a leg over the pommel of the saddle. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, people are pulling on your horse. They're punching the horse. They're punching you in the leg. <laughs> and you've got to, you've got to do what? an entire lap uh, at a dead run. You're trying to do a, a lap from you start in the center, pick this thing up, and you do a lap around the entire field, and then you got to drop it back in that circle. Meanwhile, people are trying to pull it from you, and they're still punching you, and they're still trying to control your horse. So it's 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 a really rough game. How many articles of clothing are you wearing while you're doing this? I was appropriately dressed in uh, a University of Oregon ball cap, uh, where I dropped out of journalism school, uh, a black fleece, and a pair of North Face pants. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be dressed in freaking canola oil. <laughs> there, uh, you, you'll see. Uh, I've, you see a lot of older pictures of guys, uh, Afghans playing buskashi, wearing old Russian tanker helmets and, and things like that. <laughs> and I do have an, a traditional Afghan buskashi helmet. This is fur hat. If you've seen Spies Like Us, one yes. of those hats they're wearing. Oh, dude, that's a buskashi helmet. <laughs> really? Yeah. They wore that thing. Yeah. Because that's what they got off, like the Russians back then, or no, they made those. That's a that's a traditional. Afghan. Dude, why that's would you have that sucker saunas, on there? Right? As, hot, as hot as you were. Oh like, no, it's cold up there, bro. It's just real cold. Yeah, rolling around like jacking people in the face. You'd think you'd work up a sweat. <clears throat> you got the wind in your face, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but this was in the winter, so this how many is people Christmas like time. are still laying there, becoming like. Pretty much next week's uh, article of next, dragging around. Next week's Buskashi ball. <laughs> uh, I never saw anybody get too jacked up personally, but I did see a horse lose a foot. The hoof came off? Yeah. Hey, like you're losing a fingernail? Well, it stepped on a landmine. Good <laughs> God, dude. This... Yeah. He has some stories. My first day in Afghanistan, <laughs> this goat okay. stepped on an IED and... <clears throat> the father that was herding this goats refused to leave his son. And I was like, wait, so you don't care at all? That's okay. That's how this is. All right. Got it. This is just a different place. Like, yeah. What, what were we saying last night? Like Afghanistan is the Bermuda triangle of the geographic places that we've been. If, yeah, if the Bermuda triangle wasn't already the geographic Bermuda Triangle. They of, could shift it, or maybe it should move. 
Maybe it moves with time. It's a weird place. It's a it's a beautiful country though. You know what? I haven't country. heard I haven't heard of like weird Bermuda Triangle stuff since like elementary school. Now maybe that thing shifted. It's possible. With like the you think about it, I mean the, the Earth's crust. It went over to the Indian Ocean. And yeah, that's why it's, it's now in Central like, Asia. Well, no, the global <laughs> warming. That's what it is. The global warming with the melting of the ice caps just slit. It just slides down. Yeah, that's what happened. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. Have you guys seen UFOs before? Yeah, you have. You had a UFO. I have account? not. No. My brother had one. It was pretty strange. He was on the shore in Lake Michigan, and. Uh, Dang. He's like, all of a sudden, uh, this beautiful bright light just was spotlined on us. And then two seconds later, it was just gone. It just disappeared. It poofed whew, over Lake Michigan. And he's like, I almost peed my pants. It was really, really intense. That's then, pretty crazy. I wonder if, you know who we should ask about that is Preston. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Preston uh, was an F-18 pilot. and Call sign Flamer. His, yeah. um, <laughs> I'm trying to get his unit into a, a coffee bag in the future. But there's this old, uh, this legend that his old unit commander uh, got down with Marilyn Monroe back in the day. What? And so their, uh, their tail fins. Have this beautiful portrait of Marilyn Monroe on them. Nice. And oh this, and my this bulldog with his tongue. I'm like, ah, that needs to be on a coffee bag. Yeah. <laughs> was it like coked out Marilyn? Like out of her gourd, didn't know he was really there or thought he was someone else? Well, you or know, like, it was, hey, hottie. It was the uh, the spicy Marilyn. Yeah. With the, with the upturned skirt from mm -hmm. the... Oh, subway draft. Subway draft. Yeah. 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 That's a that's a that's a good question though. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of celebrities like that. It's like, are we talking about young Elvis or fat Elvis? Yeah, because you know, if someone came up and said like, you know, oh yeah, you know, I freaking got with Britney Spears. It's like Britney Spears on Instagram or like Britney Spears with a yellow snake. Like what? <laughs> like back in the video, like when she was still normal, <laughs> like back on Jay Leno, or like freaking, you back, know, or now we're freaking Alice Cooper eyeliner, <laughs> freaking <Secret> messages <laughs> to her Instagram followers. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a big difference here. You know, are we talking? You know, it'd be like some chick saying like I got with Ozzy when he was 18 or when he was. 19. <laughs> 19 91. to 65 19 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Before he was melted or after he was melted. Like there's a definite difference here. That's the way we're going to be someday. That's yeah. probably tomorrow for me. The, that makes me think of all the radio listening we were doing today in your shop. You like to play music. While Pretty you solid shows. radio station. Yeah. yeah. Now, right. Yeah. I would. Internet can, sucks. Can but it. Yeah. I mean, 99.3 or whatever it was. It was actually 103.3. Thanks. There was a three in there somewhere. <laughs> 99. Yeah. <laughs> but I like that building the boat and then taking the trip down memory lane as you listen to old school metal. It was awesome, right? It's perfect. We talked about how the slippery one wet cover. Yes. Yes. Prepared. That's such an interesting story, too, because 
for FRA people, Terry, we have we're to, like, we'll so, have to say it again. But. <laughs> so Marilyn Manson is involved with this, and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mark. Um, I forget which podcast number it was. Charles was, Manson. Yeah. That's a, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yes, we just covered this. We're done. Did you date Logan pre-going to knock on or <laughs> post right. post it's... post going to knock on? Dude, you're that happy about that bow because you're just you just had a freaking shit eating grin on your face. Yeah, Cloud all Nine day. would be an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> So pumped. This is better just than partying Doug, right This now. is better than building a gun, man. Like I've I That's can't cool to I, say. I, I can't even fucking begin to describe you and also the name just tickles my fucking heart about how cool <laughs> this is. Like I just see like this is the image I have when I think about this is that, that gif of Matthew McC- McConaughey from uh Days and Confused. <laughs> the, all right, all right, all right. Yeah. It'd be a lot cooler if you you know it'd be a lot cooler if Dudley built you a bow. And that's about as cool as you get. Have you guys seen that Matthew McConaughey movie where he plays that uh beach bum? It was like him and uh Dang that redhead. He played like he played this dude that was uh, kind of a poet, writer, but just like, oh, I forgot the name of it. I saw, I stumbled across it somewhere and it was like, he played the ultimate melt. New or old? A little bit old, older, older. I just thought that was his social media. No, no, <laughs> no, indeed. But what's funny is he said, I said, well, dude, let's name it McConaughey. And he's like, well... I said, what about Matthew? And he said, how about old Matthew? So I'm like, okay. Which, when I came in. I wrote, like, I was thinking, okay, I know how to spell old, but is there, like, an abbreviation of that? So I put O-L-E hyphen. And I walked in and said, Ole Matthew. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, oh, okay. It's not not a Spanish Matthew. (laughs) He's like, Ole Matthew. (laughs) Uh, It's a metal Matthew. (laughs) Yeah, it's a we With the Metallica asterisks on it. All right, all right. Ole Matthew. All right, all right. Like that. My next step is if I can convince Matt to write a song called Old Matthew. Oh, that'd be easy to do. He'd be on that all day. Dude, I <clears throat> we were brainstorming this uh, this v- comedy video. We were talking about the uh, if humans were in the rut. I wouldn't give it away, dude. No, that talk needs about to it? happen. Shh. Okay, that needs to happen. I won't say. Yeah, anything. that a hundred percent needs to happen. So yeah, save that. Save that for. I don't know. I don't think that. Save I, that. I like putting it out there. I'm like, hey, if you got any ideas, we're gonna do this video. It's called "If Humans Were in the Rut." <laughs> I think he just describes tear from. 1997. Yeah, 1997 <laughs> for like 2010. <laughs> Depending on where you go, people would be like, "Oh, if you have any ideas on that, throw them my way." There's a I'll, number at I the bottom of the screen. Glad to hear. <laughs> One eight hundred nine seven seven three. Old Matthew, thank you. Come back again next week, Thursday. We'll be here. We're, we're gonna have to get that number now. <laughs> we need to at least, at some point, we're halfway through this podcast. We need to at least uh, have some conversation about seriously what what archery kind of does for you guys, and and I don't know, just everything that. Everything that you took away from this, 
what you feel like you could give out to other people to either help them listening or, you know, put them on a different path if you feel like it's something they should go down? Yeah. I'll preface this with the fact that... Um, <laughs> Cut you right off, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it to you in a second. <laughs> Old Matthew over here Old is Matt, freaking. Ole Matthew, Matthew. He is you said, Ole. <laughs> Ole. We're doing an event. Andale. We're doing an event. We are going to do an archery get together in April and May oh, that's of this true. year. Good call. You should come. It's gonna start in Texas. It's called Total Archery Challenge. It will be all over the country this year. Mm -hmm. And before Tier breaks it down for you about how much he likes it and how much he wants to do it and how much it provides for him, come out, get a bow, and come shoot. It's fun as shit. Tier, take it away. Say your say. I'm going to segue right into what I told you earlier today, which was the day I met you, which was at Big Sky Montana, Total Archery Challenge last year, is also the first day that I shot it. Which is that's a that's a hell of a course to have your first day on. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. That, that was that was challenging. That was definitely uh, get tossed into the deep end of the pool and start start and go buy more arrows. Yeah, and start buying more arrows. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of people there that were patient and uh, took some time to go over to the to the known distance range and actually help me figure out how to do it how, how to have how a to 60 protect. yard minimum pin yeah well i was yeah. like when uh, when evan bailed on this i was like who do i re- who would really fucking love coming to do this oh and you you hit it you were the first one that came to mind because i remember when we were in bag sky and tier you're the first person that i just heard talk through your shooter's checklist as you were shooting you're like i love okay, that breathe okay relax Shoulder width apart, <laughs> squeeze with your shoulders. And like you were doing this, I was like, that's exactly what runs through my head going through boot camp when I learned how to shoot a rifle. Like it's the same thing. You're taking all the same shit that you used to do yeah, and figuring out how to do it with a bow. And it's, it, it's pretty damn interesting. You might be able to hear it. that on Cole's video when I, when I shot that, what was it an 80 yard Sasquatch? No, I have all the footy of it when yeah. we did that, uh, that tech video, the cap life yeah. from last year. Yeah. Um, so being being the baby snake, yeah, uh, in in archery here, um, with that being a new thing, you know, shooting in itself is not a, is not a new thing to me. I've got twenty five years in the military, uh, you know, special forces background. Your tax dollars have bought a lot of ammunition for me, <laughs> um, and and for that I thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, so, you know, like. Logan said, I, I have a shooter's checklist, the principles of marksmanship. He's, he's got a cool Marine Corps uh, acronym for it. I'd brass. Brass, yeah. Brass. It was solid. Yeah. It was solid. Which stands for when you started- breathe, relax, asshole puckering, <laughs> squeeze, and shoot. <laughs> asshole, right? asshole squeeze. Is that right? <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> that's, that's what, what, what is it, Logan? That. Breathe, relax. A is aim. Yeah. Or asshole squeeze. Same thing. Same time. Same time. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. So for me, it was just, you know, terrible acronym. Clearly people forget it. Sight picture, (laughs) sight alignment, breathing and trigger control. So I, I can go through all that. Um, the principles of marksmanship aren't really that different. I mean, what you outlined today, it's essentially the same things. Just, it was just different. Um, because you've got a shooting platform. 
you know, whether it's shooting prone, whatever else. Yeah. With, with your outline today, which I threw up on the Instagram stance. Was thanks. The first thing. Thanks. Appreciate you giving away everything. <laughs> giving away the <laughs> curriculum. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. But the, when I go to, when I go to a shooting range with guns, um, I, sometimes it feels like work just because I've done it for so long that I kind of associate it that way. Yeah. And well, hundred percent. Yeah. And really the only time it, it, it doesn't, when I can escape that is when I'm shooting with my kids or when I'm shooting with close friends. Like if I'm with Evan or Logan and we just go out to the, the range at, in San Antonio. Do you feel that way? Like not to change subjects, but do you feel that way with like medic stuff? If you uh, had to do, I've taught medicine, pre-hospital medicine for so long. That's, yeah, that's that's what I was doing. Uh, I was a, I was a medic for a government agency prior to prior to Black Rifle. Yeah, um, and uh, also taught for the State Department, and taught. I've I've taught CPR and first aid to businesses all over Seattle too. I've taught literally everybody from African Bushmen to corporate lawyers, in in various levels of first so do aid. So, f- would you feel that way? Like if you <laughs> had to do that to I don't know how it applies to, to teach it or to actually do first aid to, to actually practice medicine maybe practice would it feel I mean would you have any enjoyment out of it or are you kind of just like this 100% is just a job it, it kind of slips into um, a battle drill mm-hmm. almost you know because you've you've trained everything in medicine is an algorithm is it like an expectation too? Like if something were to happen, you're like, I have to do this. It's interesting you bring that up. I do not have a legal obligation to help anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just clear the air here. Uh, but I, I, <laughs> if you I, die in yeah. front of me, I'm like, hmm, I'm, my license is expired. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I've been a nationally registered paramedic. I've been a SOCOM. Uh, certified paramedic. I'm an 18 Delta. I've, I'm a Fletzy certified instructor. Um, there's a lot of skills out there. Again, your taxpayers have your, your tax dollars have paid for. And even if they didn't, um, I, I ethically feel obligated to, to help people. Yeah. Yeah. It's my first wife was, uh, or sorry, my second wife, I get them mixed up sometimes. <laughs> it's, there's been too many of them. Uh, she, uh, she was an RN and, uh, we both had a lot of trauma experience. She was a former paramedic and whether or not we stopped to help at the scene of an accident was dependent on if I was driving or she was driving. <laughs> She's like, nope, nope. We're not getting involved in all that. The paramedics will be there soon enough. And, but it, I was, yep, yep. Let's get elbow deep in this. Let's get in there. So yeah. Good for you. Yeah, I hope out. Now, sometimes that doesn't always go well. Going down a little bit of a rabbit hole here. Back in the Africa days, Devin and I used to work in Africa uh, back before it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I remember I was in Senegal one time and we're eating, uh, we're, myself and uh, other instructors were, we were eating uh, lunch in this, this cafe on the street and this French guy uh, was there um, at the next table over and he fell out of his, we're all sitting there eating shawarmas and cutting up and he, all of a sudden this French guy falls out of his chair and he starts doing the kicking chicken and I looked over and I could tell just by his body language that he was not choking. He was having a grand mal seizure. And the other instructors get really wide-eyed and they're looking at him and they look over at me and I'm at the other end of the table and I'm eating my shawarma going, <laughs> just, just kind of checking him out. Like, and they're looking at me like, what are you, do something, doc. I'm like, 
That's a yeah. That's a seizure. <laughs> it's just keeping <laughs> first aid wise. There's not a lot you can do about that. I mean, yeah. the seizure is going to run its course. Prevent him from biting his tongue. Or well, something. you don't even really do that because you put start putting foreign bodies in their mouth, and that can create. I heard another thing. And I heard a finger, finger beat and yeah. bitten off and all kinds of things. So, <laughs> so what happened though? <laughs> he finished his swarma and the guy came to and they're like, dude, are you okay? You had a seizure. I'm not completely heartless. I realized that if you I didn't get up from, water. I didn't, if I didn't get, if I didn't get up from my chair and do something, the guys there would have uh, a lack of confidence in me to be their medic. So I put my shawarma down. I got up, put my chair back in, walked over and I moved his chair away from him <laughs> so he wouldn't roll into it or bang his head. And then I went back to my chair and I picked up my shawarma. <laughs> Dude. The medics came. You, you are a full SD card of stories. <laughs> like, I'm confident, <laughs> confident of that. Freaking. No, the first time I met Evan, he actually talked about you. And we hadn't met yet. You know, I just kind of said, like, you know, I said, um, I think I said something like, you know, do you feel like you've kind of, because at that point, Black Rifle had become Black Rifle. And it's been my experience that there's times where, like, there's people that are there for you at the beginning and, like, then you kind of start to make progress and there's like expectation, but then you also start to realize like this is actually a hindrance because it's like, it's all a one way street, you know? So there's kind of, uh, at least in my experience, there's been experience where it's like you work really hard to get momentum. And then you realize actually the people that I thought were like pedaling, they're not really pedaling. They're watching me pedal. And then, and then it, it's hard because then you get into this like barrier of, you know, am I not being loyal by like cutting this off? Right. And so I was having that conversation with them because you, for me, I value people like Evan who can give perspective of that, you know? And he just said, dude, some of he's like, yeah, I mean, there are some, but he said, literally the people that I would trust with anything in my life are like the closest to me in the business. And he mentioned you, but not Logan. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Pretty awful. <laughs> he wow. mentioned, he mentioned Matt. He pretty much said like tear and Matt are really, I mean, they're peddling. No, um, before uh, <laughs> before we let Tier fucking run with that little raise, and I will say, um, no, you're absolutely right, Duds. Like uh, the fact that Tier is sitting here and like we're able to do this stuff, we were all like it was all introductions through handshakes that were just like here's buddies, mm -hmm. and, and now all of a sudden we're in this really cool thing where we're able to work with our friends and a capability that um, I, th I feel like that was ultimately what was missing from a lot of times when you get deeper in your military experience is like the, the people you fucking love going to work with. And at the end of the day, I think that's what fucking black rifle is super good at. It's like, I get to show up with my best friends. That's really fucking cool. Like I get to go, I get to fucking call my friend who's a SF Sergeant major and go build a boat with dud. 
and he gets to shoot. Like, that's fucking rad. Yeah. Like, tell me an existence that's better than that. Like, okay, go ahead. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Are you going to some tropical island? Like, is that better? I don't think it is. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to paint a fucking portrait for what we could potentially be I mean, doing that's better. I wasn't it's, when you called me, but I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> There's a place called Thailand. <laughs> done that multiple times. So as you, in the military, as you progress, um, and actually I had, I had a conversation similar to this with, um, I was at Andy's probably three weeks or a month ago and, um, Tush came, um, which was a master chief. Did you hear that podcast? He's a super cool dude, but he talked about like, he talked a lot to me because we came from similar areas. We were talking about like kind of how, we weren't on great paths, like in the, you know, the teen years. And he was just saying, yeah, it was hard because, you know, I grew up in this background where, you know, someone drugged me in the military to pretty much keep me out of jail. And then all of a sudden here I am in charge of all these guys. And you have to draw this line of like, I actually need to be serious now, you know, cause you have, you know, there becomes a point where you like have to be an adult. Yeah. So with the military, as you guys like when you're, when you first get in, is it like lock hard? Cause you can go to bars and hang out and freaking do dumb stuff with these guys. And then as you progress, you have to be more serious. Does, do you feel like you lose some of that tightness with, or do you feel like you, for me in life, you know, this in no way relates to the military cause, because I can't, but I feel like I have way less friends, but I know what a friend is. And I'm like, I have better friends, but less of them. I don't, I don't know that it's that different. And maybe, so I didn't start off single in the military. I, I was, I was a pastor's kid. And when I lost my virginity, I, uh, I had to get right with, with was Jesus. it a boot camp or yeah, yeah he was so, so hot. So, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I, I married my, my sweetheart, my sweetheart from church camp. So, uh, how I ended up in the military is, um, when I dropped out of school, college, when I dropped out of college yep. to work at a ski resort, when the snow melted, I couldn't get a work visa to follow the snow to New Zealand. And I didn't have money to go back to school, and I had a pregnant girlfriend <laughs> who became a wife. So, Dang, yeah, <laughs> this so, guy freaking has <laughs> some stories. So I was married and had two kids before I was, and a mortgage before I was legal to drink. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was a, I was an adult before I, my, my, my frontal cortex was completely developed. <laughs> Um, so all that fell apart, obviously. Uh, and it doesn't happen to everybody, but, uh, that's, that's bound to happen when you get married, when you're a, a child. Um, so kids not, I don't care too much about drugs, but don't get married. Don't do marriage. <laughs> Wait till you're an adult. <laughs> 27 or older. Yes. I've, I've instructed my kids that they're not allowed to get married till they're 30. Okay. Of course, one of them's 25 and married, but so they don't listen to me. Yeah, that's fine. He's a good dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did kind of experience that later. I mean, 23 is kind of when I started living that, that single life. And that's also the year I went to selection. 
and everything changed and uh, I started playing rugby for the army that year. Um, there's just a lot and there's bonds that I formed then uh, that I still have to this day. But to what you were saying about friends coming in and out of your life, um, there's guys I haven't talked to in six months that I know if I needed them tomorrow, they'd be there. Yeah. You know, and I, I think, I don't know if that's geographic separation that, that makes it like that because yeah, we're, we're, we're kind of like, and I don't, I don't mean this in the UNICEF way, but we're kind of world citizens in our experiences yeah. in, in the military. And where people end up is kind of where they end up. Yeah. I mean, I've got, I've got friends in the film industry. I've got friends that are cops all over the place. I've got a lot of friends that are contractors, of course. Um, I've got a great friend that owns a distillery in Ennis, Montana. Yes. Yes. Shout out, shout out to Willie. <laughs> um, but all these guys, I mean, I don't know who I could say is my best friend because I love all these guys and I know that they would, they would, they would be there. And have you continually the picked I mean, them up? Like as it, as it goes? Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of, sometimes it's, it's, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, the, the reunions are, are usually because somebody died. Yeah. You know, uh, that seems to happen more than anything else, whether by, by action or by, by suicide. Um, that's, that's typically what brings everybody back together and, and rekindles the fire. Seems like if you have a really good friend that knows you, it, at least most of my friends are, they're all people that get after it. Like in their, in their world of what they do, they, you know, they're doing something like they have, you know, they're, they're people that, that get after it in their realm. And because of that, I'm drawn to those people because a lot of times I'm like, you know, if I let off the gas pedal, I'm just like, man, out of freaking all these people, you know, there's like, you, you know, you can't not turn over rocks when you know, there's something there, but like Rogan, there's times a year where I know when Joe is doing comedy because when he does comedy, really like he, he is, man, is he focused on it? Like, and it's, it's awesome to see him by like late spring, summer, because normally he does a lot like this time of year, he's normally writing new stuff and doing everything. And he's just, he's just freaking every night. He's in those clubs, just sharpening that edge, sharpening that edge, sharpening that edge. And you can see him in like April and it's good. But then you can like, there comes a time where he has it like everything about it nailed and you realize he knows exactly how to deliver exactly how to wait. Like he knows the crowd. He knows what little bit for that particular town to talk about when he comes out. And you know, it's when there's times a year where you're not talking to people that are doing their thing in their realm, it's almost like if it's a good friend, everyone gets it. You know, you know, like they're doing their thing, dude. But when, you know, when it comes elk season, like I know that's going to be a huge focus or for us, I know once we get close to tack, like we're all merging together. But, you know, I normally I have to tell my friends by the mid August, Hey, you know, just so you know, hunting season starting in two weeks. I'll check in in January. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's it's yeah. nothing personal. It's just 
if I have spare time, I am a hundred percent in the backcountry in a tree stand, something. And if I'm not doing that, if I have two or three days, it's totally family. And, you know, it's Sharon, Harry sports, you know, I'll try to fill in any little spare time I have with like trying to get something out on social media. If we cross paths, dude, bro hugs, we're good. But then this time of year, it's like, let me get my friend, you know, I want to catch up, you know, so-and-so you need to come and, you know. Yeah, I remember I tried to book you for something in the fall and you were like, (laughs) are you serious right now? (laughs) That is a terrible thing. (laughs) But no, you like, uh, I thought Ashton Kutcher was on the phone. Yeah. I'm like, what? (laughs) You punking me right now? (laughs) Hey, September 15th. Um, I was wondering if you wanted to go do like a store grand opening. What? <laughs> it you probably, it probably you was open? the grand opening. It was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you I'm opening sorry, one in like to... Eastern Montana? <laughs> it was only the biggest event that we had so far, John. It's okay I'm sorry. There. It was totally fine. Whatever. As long as you know when I'm going to let you down. Yeah. And we're good. And that's, you know, <laughs> we were talking about good friends and, you know, being there for each other. So that's that just kind of falls in line and. No, but I think, John, it's like this. If I had to sum it down and kind of look at it from a four-dimensional perspective. Sim it down? If you sim it down now? Sim it down. Sim it down now. Sim it down now. Sim it down down now. John's fed me a lot of fireball today. It's fine. Um, Like, there's this hustler mentality. Like, I love coming back and after a whole day of building the spell, like you're immediately on the phone and you're talking to Sitka and you're like doing business deals and you're catching up on stuff like that stuff motivates me to, to want to go back and like, how, how can I be more productive? Like what, like I just want to work harder when you're around these types of people all day, you're working in this new environment and you're having these awesome relationships and then you come back and like while you're in the middle of cooking us a wonderful dinner with like a smoked mac and cheese is that what you did mm-hmm. and a couple of bottles of wine and some fucking new york ribeyes that was delicious <laughs> new york ribeyes ribeye. it's a new cut okay yeah it's, cut. A, it's a marbled it's it's, it's just a marble beneath the brisket <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> A New York ribeye. I love it. But while you're saying... Thomas uh, Shank. Have you, have you tried that Thomas Shank steak? Thomas Shank. <laughs> the Thomas Shank steak. It's actually a diamond importer in Portland. <laughs> if you're from the Northwest, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, I'll say, uh, while you're complimenting Rogan, you're also, um, you're dedicating your time, and then you're also fucking going to make a dinner. Like, it's... It's really fucking cool, man. It's every day, all day, man. And yeah. it's just like, uh, how, how do you uh, how do you figure out how to how to grind and hustle? Um, how do you prioritize? All, well, I all told the you one of the, of the day, and I went like your building's fucking rad. The school in Ock is super cool. Yeah, and I had a couple, you know, creative ideas about what uh, how <laughs> you could benefit it. But how we could fine. how we could black <laughs> rifle that thing? Yeah. Yeah. I'm totally, I'm open ears. Malamorphosize. I told you like one of the things that I incorporated, I wrote an article about it years ago about, um, it might've been an article that I wrote 
that was, you know, practice doesn't make perfect. And it was pretty much geared around perfect practice makes perfect. And this was, honestly, I wrote this article back when I got my first BlackBerry. And I realized, like, Wait, you're how, talking about, like, the cell phone? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it was a phone, but it was also, like, it was pretty much like a computer on a phone. A BlackBerry An email was this device. Did you ever see one? I might have it still. <laughs> it's called honestly. a QWERTY keyboard. And yeah, it was like a speak and spell with a screen on it. That's right. It, it actually did look like. Spe- I don't think he knows what speak he and definitely spell is, doesn't. I had one of those in the in the bag phones. You remember when you had uh, yes that, that center console? The, the Motorola bag phone was yeah. solid. Phone. Yes. <laughs> yep. Well, I back when Blackberries came out, they called them Crackberries, mm-hmm. right? Because that was when text started where you weren't doing T9. So you were actually, you had, it was the first one where there was letters. So you were actually writing and you realized how much of your time was being consumed by this. So I got to the point where, you know, you'd shoot a few arrows and you'd get a text like, Hey, you know, what are you doing? And then you type someone back and then you try to shoot another arrow and then they'd reply and so it got to the point where I realized if I'm going to have perfect practice, I can't have my phone on. And so that was this thing that I, that I implemented then. And then it got to the point where I just realized, you know, my workouts really started to suck because my phone was on. And so, you know, here probably six months, a year ago, you know, I just... Eight o'clock, phone goes into airplane mode. And when I wake up in the morning, I can't take it off airplane mode until I, you know, honestly, I have my cup of coffee. Then I work out. Then, And if it's not a workout day, I'll practice. And then I take it off airplane mode. So it's like, oh, you don't want to work out today? What's everybody saying? You got to do it. You got to just go like, yeah. you know, it's like that's mentally that's what I need to do to unlock it. So for me, it helps. It honestly helps me be productive because I get up, have a cup of coffee, um, get a workout in, which honestly just wakes you up. And then by that point, you've had a workout. So you need to freaking take a shower. Then you're totally awake. And then, you know, all these messages are coming in and and you can get after it. And the reality is, you know, I don't think, I don't think a lot of people that know, you know, knock on archery as a business or like me personally, I don't think they realize there's, there's a people like Evan do, which I think is why Evan, like, you know, Evan and I've, have a really good relationship because I think, you know, he sees that. And honestly, when Evan sees that and any person I've ever seen Evan witness hard work and commitment, he freaking wants you to do better. And he like, he is going to help you do better. So, you know, I think knock on archery is just, it's, there's way more cogs going and there's certainly way more cogs going with, with me. It's not just what you see on Instagram. There's just so many more things turning behind the scenes, but you know, it's awesome. It's a daily consumption to the max. You know, it's, it's everything you see in my Instagram is 
me doing my best to give you a droplet of what's happened through a day. Is that fair? Yeah, that's that's super fair. And <clears throat> you um you you've taken up such a big torch, at least from my perspective, when it comes to teaching. That's cool. Thank and, you. And like that um. I don't know, you know, like you get old and, you know, 2020 <laughs> happens and you're like, what the fuck are we doing here? And all of a sudden you want to make your existence worth it. And then you start idolizing certain people. And like, you know, you, you've passed a, a tremendous amount of knowledge onto a lot of humans. And that's really cool. And like, um, you know, Tier and I talk about fucking writing and, and fucking leaving something behind. And like seeing that is, is super rad to like be a, be uh, on the receiving end of that and the amazing amount of skills that can be a byproduct of that. And <clears throat> that's exactly what, like, you know, I guess you could surmise it to the whole entire uh, thing that we've been talking about on the podcast, although we've been fucking around and stroking each other's dicks <laughs> a whole bunch of bit. But it, I but, haven't got mine done, I'm just saying. But it's just, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's a whole lot of hustle. It's a whole lot of hustle. Like, yeah, I'm not skiing over here, just so you guys know. No. What, what a tier, like, just the whole reason he got into the military way back, uh, back in the day was just because he needed to make ends meet. And he needed to fucking grind his ass off. You know what I mean? And to, like, see that stuff come first full circle back in the day and we were talking about last night tier specifically coming from uh joining what 95 95 95 damn and then um being a literal horse soldier yeah and then working through uh close to two decades in the GWAT, man that's super impressive like uh, i'm thinking back that i had just finished my rookie year when you went in, well, yeah, I don't even feel like that is me. Yeah, technically, it was my rookie year too. So you know, <laughs> yeah, but people, when, when people are like, "Why don't you shoot anymore?" Cold ice, cold ice. Yeah, why don't you shoot anymore? I'm like, I actually don't even remember when I competed. Like that seemed like a different person ago. Do you miss that at all? That shit, the, the no. like super competitive stuff. Or no, you know? I mean, I th I think it was. Honestly, what I'm doing now is what I feel like I was put here to do. And I feel like just like when you guys go and do certain workups, that was a needed workup to, for me to have credibility. Because if I didn't force myself to shoot at that level, I would have never learned how many things I was doing bad. And I feel like part of what makes me a decent coach is that... I can see like things turning in people's heads. And I still remember when I felt like that, when someone tried to explain yeah, something yeah. to me, if I did, if, if I was a hundred percent natural and honestly, some of these guys that are such freaking good shooters, they aren't going to understand some of this stuff because they haven't had to go through hardship. You know, I listened to that podcast with like Mike Tyson and Rogan when, when before Tyson came back and he was, you know, talking about like his son wanting to fight. And he was just saying like, you don't want to go there because he was thinking like there were people like me that wanted to freak, you know, those people were at a different level of why they were doing it. And so I think if you come in and you're natural, 
it's so different than when someone comes in and they're like, they're starving for it and they're not good at it. And they're just, because of that starvation, they just, they overcome every hurdle. And, you know, like for me, I couldn't afford to be at any of those shoots. You know, I had an, I bought a tent for $19 and 99 cents at Walmart. And, you know, I had a freaking little Chevy truck with vinyl seats, a single cab. And I would roll up and like pitch that tent at the back of the truck and freaking sleep. I couldn't even pay to sleep in the campgrounds. I would just sleep and go to the shoots and be terrible, terrible at it. And then, slowly but surely just got to the point where you continually build and build and build. And then all of a sudden, you know, you realize like, okay, you know, I think I can go pro. And then, you know, I remember vividly, I had, you know, very specific goals that year. My first goal was, you know, I just wanted to shoot up. So like at a 3d shoot, you know, you got like five rings, eight rings, 10 rings and a 12 ring. So, if you shoot any eights, you're already below 400, right? So I just wanted to shoot a score that was at least 402, which would put you in contention to at least make a check. And so I'm like, you know, my, my short-term goals are I at least want to be up at one tournament. You know, I, I want to be able to make a check during my rookie year. I would love to at least be, you know, my next goal was like, I want to be in a shoot off, which would be top six. And then how old were you when you started doing that? 18. And then my next goal was, you know, I'd love to, to win a title, you know, as a, as a professional archer. And so the first shoot I went to, you know, this was, these were just like, these were the goals. Like, this is what I need to do. And I remember at my first tournament, I shot a, a 402, so at this tournament, I shot up, which was a big deal in the pro class for me as a rookie. I shot up, I made the top 20, I got a check and, you know, I went home from this first shoot, like with this scorecard that said 402 signed, you, you always had to have two scorekeepers and everybody signs a card. Two of the signatures on my scorecard were like freaking role models, like idols that I looked up to. And I'm like, holy cow, I freaking shot a 402 with Randy Chapel and Larry Weir. And, you know, and I just freaking stared at that thing. And I had this check for like $300, which was 25 bucks more than my entry fee. And I was just like, you know, you can freaking do this. And then, you know, it just kept going. And then I remember about halfway through, you know, I did really well and, um, the, the one one I think the president of the APA which was the Association of Professional Archers came up to me and he goes dude you're in contention right now for rookie of the year he's like keep shooting strong and then I was just like holy cow and it just you know it was just short-term goals short-term goals short-term goals and then you achieve enough and for me I felt like this was all good. And someone came up to me and said, Hey, would you like to write a column for the magazine on rookie on tour? Like we'd love you to just document what you're doing to get better at each of these shoots. So for 3d times magazine, I wrote this column called rookie on tour. So every time I went to a tournament, I'd be like, you know, today I freaking got to shot shoot with Randy Ulmer. And, you know, and I could tell that, you know, he was, 
he paid way more attention to his bubble than I ever did. And, you know, and this week I'm going to work on this. And so I just wrote these columns. And then another magazine, Archery Focus, said, hey, you know, would you like to write? And so literally my rookie year as a professional, I was already writing for two magazines, but it wasn't like technical information. It was more like, tell us what you're like, tell us what you're doing. And it was more of a blog. Yeah. And then it just, it was just like this rock that just kept like rolling. And every time it wiped out, it like something else stuck to it and it just kept going. So you don't really do that too much anymore though. The writing? Yeah. Nope. I get asked. The reason I don't write is because what happens, or at least what happened when I wrote is editors get your writing. And honestly, how I talk how I do my web videos and how I instruct and how I teach you, that's me. To some, it might be slow and maybe they have to listen to it at one and a half speed. But for me, when I learned, I needed someone that taught methodically and addressed things and and tried to interpret it in some type of some type of form that related to something they did yeah. in the past but an editor wants to be like, okay, he talks about like, Hey, there's a lot of things going through your head. I don't like that. Scratch it. Your head may be full of a plethora of ideas. And it's like, well, that's not my words. That's now what you did is you took my content and you wrote an article based on what you learned in journalism. So I didn't feel like the articles were truly mine. I felt like, the content was mine. The deliverance was someone else's. And then on top of that, what really sucked was I would supply images that I took time to submit with that relating to the products that I used. But a lot of times it would be replaced with photos that they were paying an outside source to provide because that outside source were people that were running full page ads. So it was like, okay, so you're taking my content, you're making it your article. And then whoever pays the most gets to put their products within my content. And so at that point, I'm like, you know what? I would rather tell my story my way. And when knock on TV, you know, went digital for the first time. That was the first time you truly got to hear what I've been saying since 1998. It was just everyone else took what I wanted to say and said it their way and showed it to you their way. And then people were like, Oh, you, you've, uh, yeah, I saw that years ago. So-and-so did it. It's like, actually it was mine. Like when magazines would say, Hey, we want to pay you to write an article, but we're going to use a phantom because, you know, for whatever political reason, you know, we can't use your name because we already have another writer that works for Hoyt. And so we need to use a different name because, you know, we don't want Hoyt to think that or Matthews to think that we're only using Hoyt writers. So it was like, OK, well, maybe these other companies should get the writers that are good. I'm So now I have to not use my real name for this content because you're worried about people not buying a full page ad from you. So like those politics for me, I was just out. Yeah. Well, I, you've still had a foot in the game 
when it comes to media this entire time though um and you keep creating different types of media what where do you feel like your head is at with now because i feel like you're coming from mostly uh kind of less this instructional perspective so to speak well teaching was where my heart is i mean i love teaching people archery i love i love seeing progression you know and people that are teachers people that are coaches you know you look at Honestly, I've looked at kids that have coached like some of Harry's teams and I thought like, man, power of these guys. I couldn't have been a high school coach my whole life, but like, that's what they're passionate about. You know, that's, that's like what pushes them for me when I have guys like you here and I see you, you know, freaking smiling, getting hammered. (laughs) <laughs> looking back at your bow. Ole. Yeah. <laughs> I see you looking at Ole. I'm like, dude, this makes me feel good. You know, this is this is what I yeah. really love to do. But it all you know, luckily in the last four or five years, the like our knock on community has embraced this free education, which I've been trying to deliver. Yeah. Um and then on top of that, I've had, you know, someone like Evan, wa- you know, want to learn archery and watch that and then contact me and say, dude, you know, I watched that school knock and that's freaking awesome. We should get together. And then truthfully, I think because what I've always been passionate about now has no filter and I'm able to deliver it without jumping through hurdles or using someone else's like name or someone else's images I feel like people are like getting to see what I love to do. And I feel like I'm getting to be around people that I want to be around as well. You know? Yeah. God damn. Dang. God damn. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. <laughs> Ole. Ole. All right. All right. All right. That, that. That hyphen needs to go back. <laughs> I think it's the, it, is, it is Ole Matthew. Yeah, old Matthew. <laughs> Ole I think Matthew. Matthew is officially dropped. It's just going to so be Ole. Ole. All right, all Ole. right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, guys. This has been a a wonderful twenty four hours, John. Awesome. Thank you so much, dudes. It was yeah. all you, all you. All I did was. Uh, Mix. I'm going to come back when it's warmer. I'm going to come back for more of those if it, sticks. If yeah. it is one degree, like, and I'm literally talking about, like, one Olay mark, <laughs> it would be warmer than it is right now. Yeah. Well, that's science. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we out. Right. Bye. Be sure to visit knockonarchery.com to see our entire line of trendy knock-on lifestyle clothing. knockonarchery.com